The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag IOT. Today's topic is getting ready for IoT, which is Internet of Things, and our guests for today's show are Jonathan Benke, uh, who is the CIO of the city of San Diego. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? Good morning. Hi, good morning, Sanjog. Thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure is all ours. So uh, we were hoping to talk about IoT, and as we know, everyone, like along with security, we see IoT is the next hottest topic right now in, in the world of both business and IT. I think this is one of those topics which both business and IT people are equally passionate about and equally uh, curious about at this hour. So what is it, of course, is to some extent understood, but then even bringing it in, the value proposition to some extent is there and, and recognized. But then there is something to be said about how to get the organization ready, how to find the places where it will make the most sense as a point of introduction. How do you, on a regular basis, seek and convince the executive management in terms of its proposition and relevance so that we get ongoing funding and maintain the program finding places where it will actually create competitive advantage. And then finally, besides the executive management, the rest of the business and technology users and or people that are working in your organization to be ready or to get them ready for that overall effective adoption. So this is, this is quite a bit we have to do in order for IoT to start taking roots in organization and in our ecosystem overall. So that said... If you were to look at revenue potential and cost efficiency, which is being promised on the surface by this IoT mega trend, do you think that is just uh, big enough for it to be a compelling business case, or would you say this is because, like, we ride the hype cycle? Uh, this is kind of subjective and hyped. You know, I, I think we've seen a lot of numbers tossed around. Uh, this month, Gartner predicted, uh, I think, something like 21 billion IoT devices uh, would flood the market by 2020, and uh, IoT devices uh, would reach more than uh, 6.4 billion connected objects uh, by 2016. So uh, that's a 30% rise from the previous year. 
And according to the uh, Business Insider's uh, Internet of Things report that was just released this month, uh, they predict nearly $6 trillion uh, would be spent on IoT solutions in the next five years. And, uh, you know, that report uh, predicts businesses would likely be the leading adapter of IoT solutions with uh, uh, general goals to uh, lower operating costs, increase productivity, um, expand new markets, um, or develop uh, other new product offerings that improve their bottom lines. And then we look at governments like myself here in San Diego. Uh, you know, governments would look at it a little differently. And really the focus on governments as is, is we're looking at this is, uh, you know, all about increasing productivity, uh, de- decreasing costs, and then improving uh, citizens' quality of life, so really focusing on our customers, which are the citizens. And, uh, you know, we also look at how consumers play into the uh, IoT movement. Uh, A recent survey of consumers, only 16% of them actually recognize the term Internet of Things, but, you know, many consumers are are already using IoT devices like, you know, the Nest thermostat, uh, GPS-enabled mobile devices, you know, wireless transponders for the tollways. You've got those in Chicago there, Uh, Fitbits, smart TVs. And I actually use uh, IoT technology to run most of my house uh, using a technology called Z-Wave Networks. The Z-Wave technology builds out a mesh network of sensors and controller devices. And uh, if my home server is unavailable, those devices actually relay commands to each other uh, using the last configuration and control things like my lights, my thermostat, uh, locks, you know, detection of water leaks, motion logging, and things like that. So as a consumer, I can easily see the, those benefits in uh, decreased power usage, automation of daily on-off switch commands, remote controlling my house, and uh, that even gives me a reduction in my home insurance policy. So, you know, if you look uh, at a consumer being able to jump into the IoT technology and see those benefits uh, pretty quickly, I think businesses and government uh, should be able to, you know, capitalize on those opportunities as well, obviously at a, a larger scale. And, you know, the hype around this, I think, you know, there's some hype that really never becomes reality. We, you know, we see Gartner's classic hype cycle model with uh, new technologies and the trough of disillusionment, you know, that's bound to be experienced by some as they, uh, as they get a little further into it. But as the, the technology matures, I, I think we see some solutions emerge with, you know, clear business value and a solid ROI for business. So, based on what you just mentioned, the focus, as you uh, had had uh, expressed here, is more consumer-driven. So, yes, IoT has some regular use cases, and those are not essentials. Those are good to have, and yes, it will create some incremental value for the consumer in the way they want to live their life. Now, when it comes to the business, and, and since you are a city, I'm sure citizens are top of mind for you, but internally, whether you talk about you know, uh, preventive maintenance or you talk about other ways to do commerce, how the information gets ex- uh, exchanged between devices and with, within, you know, like in transportation, logistics, et cetera. So use cases are, are there, uh, almost unlimited use cases. When you are looking at an organization to say, let's embrace it, Let's bring IoT in the house. 
how are we even approaching it? Because it looks like you, you could really do everything. What's your rationalization and prioritization approach, which would actually make sense? Yeah, as, as we look at, um, you know, how do we uh, prioritize uh, the, uh, the, uh, um, the proposed uh, uh, business cases and uh, where does it make the most sense, uh, I, I think we, we uh, look at uh, getting as much important uh, information as possible. Uh, getting the uh, the business engaged uh, to learn, uh, you know, really more about uh, the business case that they're throwing out uh, throwing out there. Uh, when we uh, looked at some some of the recent uh, technologies uh, related to things like uh, smart parking and smart uh, street lamps, you know, that was uh, something that uh, we we uh, we needed. Uh, you know, is in the very early stages of development. And so as we uh, try to get feedback and buy-in from the business, I think we learn a lot comparing the IoT wave. Just if we look at the emergence of RFID, uh, you know, years ago, I think there are a lot of comparisons. Uh, you know, there were a lot of business cases that were tossed around for RFID. Logistics was expected to be completely disrupted by RFID. And uh, if you remember back in 2003, Walmart was the first major enterprise to announce an RFID project. And that story grabbed headlines across the business world, uh, but the project ultimately fell on its face. You know, the first barrier that uh, Walmart and its vendors encountered was cost. Uh, a lot of the consumer products, uh, you know, that they sell have really thin margins. And at the time, RFID tags were estimated to cost anywhere between 50 cents and more than a dollar on every pallet. And that requirement could have meant the difference between profit and loss for Walmart suppliers. So, you know, there was this added cost of maintaining two inventory streams that, uh, you know, include one for Walmart and, and then one for everyone else. And there was additional cost uh, to the back-end systems to collect and process the data streaming from tag readers. And, uh, that, you know, the problem with the Walmart project was that they were trying to completely change the industry and force adoption of this new way of managing logistics, uh, but the full adoption effect never really materialized. And Walmart thought that other retailers would follow suit and that they would create this critical mass of all suppliers uh, so they'd be all forced to do it, but the industry really didn't go along with it, and it really didn't get off the ground. Uh, so there were, you know, there were also technology issues looking at, you know, reading of the tags. Uh, you know, there was RF interference with liquid and steel, you know, disruption of the uh, RF reads, and so they were prone to errors and technology is issues. And so the technology uh, even threatened the suppliers, IT departments, and managers, uh, so it became hard to, to uh, sell, uh, sell it to get movement. Uh, looking at the existing legacy systems, they were um, already something that the suppliers had worked very hard to get into place and to optimize. And now this disrupt, now, uh, disruptive technology came along and threatened some of the efficiencies and cost benefits, you know, that they had worked so hard to accomplish. So I see a lot of these uh, RFID adoption issues having a lot of common ground with IoT projects for the same reasons. 
So um, you mentioned that that Walmart example where we try to work with the external world, try to change or influence them to a point where it would fundamentally disrupt and or threaten their internal people. Do you think we have a risk of IoT when pushed out? And when you're trying to do it internally, yes, you've got some control, some influence, which you can exert much better than when you're dealing with partners or even third party industry competitors or, or, or fellow players. So if, if IoT was to fully manifest itself and create the most value, and if we attempted to do the same thing, what you're referring to, what the Walmart case, would you think there is a risk? Or now that we have hindsight 2020, how would you handle it better? Because if we don't do it, then we really don't maximize what IoT can bring to us. Yeah, I, I think there is risk, and it, it really boils down to, uh, you know, we, we talked a little earlier about, uh, you know, um, it, it falling completely on its face if you go about it in the wrong way. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, really mitigating that risk is uh, key for organizations uh, in, in adopting uh, new, uh, new initiatives and the... the uh, you know the overall uh, portfolio of of IoT uh, um, applications and technologies is fairly immature, and so we see uh, you know we we see reports of some successes here and there, and we see you know reports of other failures. So I, I think it's really all about uh, getting as much information as possible and uh, bringing the business in and, and making sure the business isn't wowed by uh, vaporware and uh, uh, good salespeople uh, and, and making sure they, they have a uh, solid foundation of understanding of what the benefits can be and if there's really ROI. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's look at how the business is seeing it. Is, of course, is this an IT out initiative, which is IT driving it, or businesses saying, let's bring IoT, these are the business cases, or they need hand-holding or mentoring. Are they looking at this as a pure technology which got introduced or a fundamental business disruptor? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, uh 
Jonathan, when we look at any initiative or any um, any area where we want to make progress, we want to work closely with business and, and business may either be on the sideline or fully immersed and fully on board with something. One is to give you dollars and say, go do something. Another is to be a co-player in it. How much of that's happening when it comes to IoT? So business is looking at IoT as just a technology or would you say a fundamental business disruptor that they should really immerse themselves as well? Uh, you know, I, I think as we uh, um, look at it uh, from uh, the, the business perspective, uh, we get uh, uh, a cross-section of um, business leaders who uh, really see this as the great unknown and are, are uh, cautious in uh, moving into uh, something like this. Uh, uh, here in uh, San Diego, uh, in the city, you know, we're looking at various UK use cases for IoT. And uh, earlier this year, the mayor announced that the city of San Diego had partnered with GE Lighting on a project of its Intelligent Cities platform. And uh, we're doing a pilot that features a software-defined light technology uh, that can help San Diego optimize some of its infrastructure challenges. So the uh, Intelligent Cities partnership uh, it will explore some enhanced sensors and GE software platform for the industrial Internet. And for us, it offers potential for uh, advanced lighting uh, control, uh, traffic and parking optimization, uh, environmental monitoring and analysis. So we looked at these uh, networked LED lights, uh, street lights, and that can offer us the ability to uh, direct uh, drivers to available parking spaces with the help of built-in sensors and some wireless transceivers. And the same street lights uh, can serve as sensors and give warnings in the event of emergency uh, through uh, PA speakers on the light posts. And we see other scenarios where uh, microprocessors and sensors could work together to give emergency responders real-time uh, views of an area before they're, uh, they arrive on site after a 911 call. And, and uh, San Diego has had uh, a few significant wildfire events in the past that's really impacted the whole city and region here. And uh, this time of real-time information could be quite valuable for emergency responders. And these are, you know, uh, features and examples of what could really be driven uh, through the solution in the future as we're exploring it here. Uh, another application here is with the city's infrastructure. So as a business looked at uh, how, how can we uh, improve and cut costs, uh, looking at pumps in our water utilities. So sensors on pumps uh, can indicate where thresholds with heat or, you know, volume of water going through them uh, reach a potential uh, threshold of failure. So instead of our uh, citizens uh, contacting the city uh, and uh, reporting an incident uh, for repair following a failure, uh, these, uh, these sensors can... Uh, preemptively uh, indicate uh, a, pr a problem before that failure takes place, and then a technician can be dispatched before anyone ever notices the problem exists. And we see other opportunities for even self-correction of uh, of uh, of uh, infrastructure when, when an issue is detected that can be addressed by software. So instead of uh, having human intervention uh, initiate the fix, 
uh, can have uh, self-correcting programs run when applicable. So we, we look at the, uh, the expense and time to build new roads and freeways here, and IoT can offer uh, management of traffic through sensors and routing so that it might not be necessary to spend you know, millions more on some of the roads. And, uh, you know, we look at uh, the, the uh, open data movement in government by groups like Code for America, uh, that, and that can allow expanding the value of the, uh, the IoT data in ways that government uh, really never envisions. Uh, the possibilities are really endless for some of the uh, civic data projects using IoT data. We've seen some great uh, innovation from the, uh, the open data groups just using uh, the city's business data. So I know they'd, they do some great things things with IoT data. So I, I think the, uh, on the business side, we look at all of those, uh, those use cases and, and really explore uh, what makes the most sense and what gives the greatest return in, in some of the potential with IoT. So based on the different initiatives you saw, it looks like a kid in a candy store. You got quite a few things which you could do and which could bring you ROI. But how do you prioritize them? What's your basis? What would, would help you get get your organization start crawling before you start running? Yeah, I, I, I think for us, we, we, we start by looking um, at the basics uh, of the business case and the technology. Uh, we know that the, the key candidates would need to ultimately deliver value to the business and, and provide efficiencies, agility, hopefully. And, uh, you know, some of the baseline things we, we look at uh, on the tech side, which really drives uh, a lot of the value, is just the user interface. So, so what, uh, you know, what does the presentation layer look like? Does the device have a screen? Uh, does it have LEDs or buttons on board as an interface? Is it uh, completely controlled remotely? And then we look at uh, things like application logic and rules and, uh, you know, what application logic does the device have and how does it communicate with the network? And uh, a big area of consideration is the, uh, the data that's produced and, and what type of data is produced, where is it transmitted and stored, uh, how much data does the device retain and for how long, and is there encryption in place for the data? Uh, is any of that data sensitive and does it require special handling? And what are the requirements for the format and the frequency of the refresh of the data? And then once we've got that uh, data uh, figured out, it, it's, it's really uh, looking at the analytics piece and, you know, what value does this, uh, this data from the devices uh, bring? And is the data required in real time or is it more valuable being aggregated? And uh, the analytics solution uh, would need to support all of the various uh, business models and, and really how would we deliver those analytics to business? And then a huge consideration uh, with, uh, with uh, IT is security. So how does the device communicate and authenticate? And think about the risks of the device and, and is it mission critical? And so once we establish some of the basics, we can really take it to the next level and really dig into the uh, technology and how it should be used. And I think the organization really needs to choose technologies and partners that can support you know, all of the, uh, all of the architectures and, and software. Uh, so that ideal solution would be an IoT platform that's really flexible enough to accommodate uh, the, the right mix of all the architectures and support the uh, solutions that offer the most value uh, to the business. 
So based on most of the criteria you mentioned, interestingly, you, you used the technical criteria to help prioritize as a business. Is that what we will have to do? Or there are certain things which are pure business ways to prioritize which IoT related uh, you know, application areas that we will tackle first? No, I, I think from the, on, on the uh, business side, we, we know we have to have our, our ducks in a row uh, to make sure, you know, from a technology side that, that those things uh, uh, offer value to the business. From the, but from the business side, I, I think we approach those use cases like, like most other uh, technology initiatives. So we will, um, you know, here at the city, we have an executive steering committee and uh, the committee really reviews the uh, the business cases, uh, reviews the ROI. We review the uh, the, the initiatives, uh, the, the uh, high priority initiatives uh, that uh, that our city has in our business uh, strategic plan uh, for the city, and we we really look at all of those things and see how this. Uh, the the uh, proposed projects uh, play into that, and whether it's the right time to do that, uh, and and if not, uh, you, you know we'll, uh, we'll we'll put it lower on the priority list. But I think if it meets those those ROI criteria, and it's really meeting business requirements, um, and uh, you know even speed to implement is is a big consideration. Can we can we get it done in a reasonable amount of time, which also uh, goes back to the cost. And and does it integrate well with the uh, business processes in place, uh, or or is there a, a need to change business processes? So we like to take all of those things into consideration. Now, uh, if you look at um, the the different people who may have attempted to work with IoT, and it could include you and other counterparts or peers within your uh, city organization or many others, would you think there is enough knowledge base internally for you to be able to drive education, adoption, and implementation of such initiatives? Or would you think this is, since it's so so new for you, you, you don't want to uh, have a blind leading another blind? No, I, I, I think here we do see it's very important to go in with as much information as possible. So uh, I think it's important to work with the vendors to get to know the uh, solutions and, and uh, technologies and network with other early adopters and learn their use cases and, and what were their lessons learned. And then find, that, find the, the large success stories out there and determine if you have common ground uh, that you can leverage, uh, you know, attending conferences and seminars uh, on the latest developments, uh, per, and, and that provides even more networking opportunities with others uh, looking to, uh, to jump into some of those same solutions. And then the, uh, I think the other thing to remember is not to go all in at first. You know, take on a small proof-of-concept project, find out where gaps lie, and, and find out if the, uh, the ROI is really what you expected. Uh, find out if you have security challenges, and uh, have your security te- team try, try to find vulnerabilities and try hacking it. Uh, I like to use the uh, independent consultants like Gartner uh, to get as much information as possible before diving into uh, any initiative. The, you know, those independent consultants can provide uh, some critical information about any issues with current implementations, uh, 
uh, they can provide lessons learned from the early adapters, and uh, and also give perspective on issues concerning vendors or hardware, and then uh, help benchmark some of the projected costs. And and it's important for leadership. Uh, of an or- organization to really do their uh, due diligence on these things and, um, and, and, and especially on disruptive technologies, ensure you get off to the right start. I, I think there's uh, an expectation from the business that IT is an expert on the technology and it's important to establish uh, early credibility with the business when we take on a project. So we want to, to uh, go in knowing as much as we can and, and, and make sure that we don't go in blindly and, and lose credibility with the business early because that would uh, really give us a, a tough time convincing the, the business that IT is ready to support I, uh, IoT and you know, what it takes uh, for a successful project. In your world, the way you have been uh, running it, um, what have you seen so far? Because, you know, of course, there is trial and error, brand new uh, area. Everybody is learning. No one is an expert, including in some cases the providers, because they are only bringing their knowledge with respect to a solution, but they may not always have a complete idea on how that's going to fit in the bigger picture. So uh, we'll, we'll just take a quick break. But when we come back, what would be... The, what's the hindsight 2020 and what are those lessons learned that you are recognizing uh, which would be useful for anyone who's listening to this show uh, would be useful for them to consider before they jump onto this IoT bandwagon. Please stay tuned listeners, we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, Jonathan, we all have attest- attempted. We have dipped our toe. And then you also learned, you mentioned the people who were the earlier adopters. What are those specific things that they are cautioning you and are saying these are the pitfalls, these are the places where you should be cautious. What are the lessons learned as well in terms of what they tried, what didn't work for them? Yeah, I, I think the, uh, the pitfalls um, that exist are uh, things like the hype around the, the new technology that can generate false expectations on the, on the, on the business. Uh, you know, when those expectations are too high, uh, even a successful project 
can be viewed negatively uh, since there were unrealistic, unrealistic expectations from the beginning. Uh, so I think it's important for uh, leaders to make sure that all the stakeholders have real ex- uh, realistic expectations at the beginning and then understand the abilities and costs of the solutions out there in the marketplace. Uh, I, I think there uh, may be ideal-sounding solutions in the marketplace that that really look fantastic, uh, but in reality, they might be full of bugs and uh, implementations are failing, or at least they might have delays or cost overruns with some of the uh, early adapters, so those lessons learned. Uh, it's important to select uh, solutions that you really have a high level of confidence in and uh, do your due diligence. And, and I think uh, the other major pitfall for IoT uh, can be in the area of security and data privacy. Uh, those things really, you know, have been uh, spread across the national headlines uh, in the last year or so. And, uh, you know, looking at the authentication models for IoT, uh, they range in maturity and they still have a lot of question marks. And uh, there, the, there aren't necessarily any clear authentication standards. And so much of what is out there is uh, propri- proprietary. And, and a good example is the recent story about police warrant video cameras uh, that were shipped from a manufacturer to a large city, and it had the Conficker worm embedded in the uh, camera's factory image. So this police department uh, got a, uh, a large shipment of cameras that were, were all infected straight from the factory. Uh, so when the cameras were connected to a computer, uh, the malware attempted to spread to other machines on their network and uh, communicate with a command and control server. So when you think about the implications of adding hundreds or even thousands of devices to a network, uh, the potential threats can be pretty serious. And uh, if thousands of sensors were to ship with malware, they could take down an entire network in moments or even be used to generate a massive uh, internal denial-of-service attack. So we've seen examples of uh, uh, specially equipped vehicles that do war driving, uh, the, uh, the hacking community to map wireless networks and, and even clone uh, RFID information from sensitive sources out there. So uh, an entire network of IoT devices really represents a large volume of uh, new targets for hackers and can be used in new ways uh, to disrupt business or even leak sensitive data. So many of IoT's benefits and governments around critical infrastructure uh, potentially. And so the security and authentication uh, concerns, I think, out there are very, very valid. Which, uh, which particular areas do you think you would like to have business take ownership versus IT driving it because um, while it's a technology, but real changes that we will have to bring about would be in the processes. Yeah, yeah, I think the you know the business and IT really have to both be accountable uh, for the success or failure of uh, IoT, just like any other technology and business case. So. I think in the case of IoT, I think there's a lot more uh, dependence on uh, the vendor for creating that solution uh, to ensure that uh, business value is met and and, uh, the technology is rock solid. Uh, The the vendor uh, would also be really important in making sure uh, there's interoperability with the solution uh, selected that uh, meets requirements for things like data privacy or uh, security uh, analytics, uh, uptime network connectivity, and, and the other business solutions. 
um, in the environment. Uh, so ultimately, uh, I, I think IT departments are held accountable for the success on the technology side, uh, and, and uh, even if the business uh, is driving the case for the solution and, and the perceived value, I think it's important for uh, IT to engage the business stakeholders for the, the projects and ensure you know, expectations are realistic going into the project and uh, that deliverables are very clearly defined so that everyone is really on the same page uh, about the success criteria. And I think the other unique factor for many uh, IoT solutions is in the area of user acceptance testing. So when uh, uh, projects and implementations are done, uh, the users uh, that are conducting acceptance testing for a solution would have a difficult time in some circumstances validating uh, the data presented by hundreds or even thousands of devices in real time. So it's, uh, it's not a standard uh, business model for uh, validating a solution. So most other technology products, projects, have that data validation uh, milestone that's pretty clear to the end user and fairly easily to validate manually. Uh, if we look at the potential volume uh, from IoT projects, that makes uh, that uh, uh, user acceptance uh, testing uh, a lot more complex. And a good example is the, uh, the recent news story about a car manufacturer. I think that everybody's seen that had a firmware uh, that bypassed emission controls. So you think about that, and, and amazingly, 11 million cars were sold with that firmware that bypassed emission controls, and it evaded uh, all quality checks. And uh, so we think we think about something like that in mass, and uh, how how the business uh, and and you know that uh, that uh, automotive company is uh, certainly uh, uh, seeing a, a significant. Uh, cost uh, to all to to that problem. So we think about uh, IoT and uh, how it's uh, responsible for for perhaps say con- consumer billing uh, through a meter, or uh, you can see potential for fraud or misuse. So I think those those are all things the 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 business and NIT really have to take into account uh, for success. Now, the mindset that you see of of the business and even the workers below, how are they coming together or what is needed to bring them together? Because, again, what you're doing with this is you are shifting the business model, maybe the business processes, what an individual worker does in a given day. It may get reduced or it may get changed. What are you doing to have that shift happen? Is it just explaining enough and or there are some other strategies to be deployed? I, I, I think um, you know we look at the uh, the broad impacts on the workforce and business, and uh, you know some some economists and futurists are forecasting that something like 80 million Americans uh, will have their employment impacted by uh, automation and autonomous technologies. And I think we've already seen a clear example uh, in, in the medical world, uh, things like patient monitoring devices. Those have cut back on nurses making rounds on hospital floors. Now, the, you know, now that portion of their jobs uh, is, uh, is being replaced with other things where, where they used to do a lot of manual vital signs and things like that. And we, we see uh, utility companies uh, putting in smart meters and getting real-time meter reads instead of having that full staff 
of uh, meter readers going out on the road, putting on expensive miles uh, to get the same information in, in, in one or two months at a time. So I think it's important for organizations to really plan well ahead as they make these changes and engage the employees in early in the process uh, to prepare for the changes in their, in their roles and provide proper training and you know, make it a smooth transition. Uh, I, I think a lot of times we see organizations uh, really unprepared to manage these large changes, and so they end up playing catch-up to correct issues and uh, deal with employee morale problems. Uh, I, I think there will, there will be new requirements for uh, the business and staff. Uh, uh, technical staff will be managing uh, devices, uh, things like network connections, uh, security, uh, data analysis, and so, uh, and then the business side, they'll be working with uh, really new sets of data and uh, how they uh, how they use that data to um, drive a competitive advantage. And so, I think we uh, we need to make sure that the organization structure itself is uh, addressed early to avoid uh, finger pointing and and make sure they uh, clearly establish the right roles and responsibilities and and make sure there are no gaps uh, as they they, uh, jump into these uh, initiatives. In your world, when you are trying to look at um, the technology team, the business team, the external players who are outside of your organizations, what is the communication, collaboration, and connection model that you are hoping to establish so that when you initially getting started and when you scale, you have a strong foundation? I, I think as we um, uh, uh, communicate uh, with the business, um, we've got to um, really, really ensure uh, that uh, we um, number one is they as they bring us initiatives. We look at the uh, the, the street light uh, initiative here, and and really trying to uh, fit it into the big bigger uh, you know business strategy, and uh, make sure we're we're really driving things the right direction. Uh, we you know we might see uh, the, the business. Um, listening to some of the hype out there, and uh, I, I think we just have to validate uh, what the, the 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 business objectives are. Make sure they're driving uh, to the uh, to the right objectives, as opposed to uh, following some of the hype out there. And and when you talk about uh, these all people coming together, is there is there a culture that you would like to see established within the organization so that it is no longer a push from you or from executive management? It's more a pull where they are all excited, they want to change, and they want to take it to the next level. No, I think that's uh, that, that's very important. Uh, we we see uh, organizations that. Um, uh, you know, some are standing, uh, sort of standing on the sidelines and, um, uh, you know, afraid to move forward with these. And then others are, are really, um, 
you know, really generating energy and uh, the, the, uh, the, the business is fully engaged and there's excitement and, and really getting everyone on board to, uh, to, to jump into these initiatives. And I think that energy is very important in the success of uh, any, uh, any new, uh, new business initiative to, to make sure that uh, th- there's, uh, uh, they're, they're not opera- operating under fear, but they're really uh, part, of the, part of the overall goal, and we, we get some innovation and, and ideas and, and really get all the value out of the, the solutions that are being proposed out there. And uh, when you talk about the governance model, well, we'll take a quick break, but we'll come back. But then that's something to kind of put it out there is to talk about the governance model that would really work. So, yes, we got started and, yes, we are ramping up. But at some point, we would like to stabilize things. It cannot be always in a, in a disruptive mode. There is some operationalization required. And what is a good way as we are ramping up to benchmark the very progress? Because there has to be some basis for us to know whether we are going in the right direction. Are we, are we getting enough out of it versus just feeling that this is a sandbox mode? We can stay in that. That's not, that's not realistic. So how do we go about benchmarking our progress and what type of governance model would work well in terms of adopting IoT? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So since you're sowing the uh, seeds, you, I'm sure you're supposed to reap the benefits. But how well is that all progressing? What form of dashboarding, um, progress metrics are you putting in place? And once that is supposed to go live and operationalized, what type of governance model that you're envisioning or you have put in place to make sure that we are not just doing new things which then don't work well in the long run? Yeah, I think, you know, looking at benchmarking uh, progress, I think the uh, the agile methodology is really a good fit for these initiatives and, you know, other similar less mature solutions um, some of the best ways to benchmark progress uh, are, you know, can be found in short iterations and proof of concepts that really prove out key assumptions and measure against the business requirements. 
Um, early indicators of progress could include uh, the quality and timing of the, the uh, data that these devices uh, provide to the business, uh, their amount of uptime to make sure that the business can continue to uh, get benefits from them, and then the uh, uh, efficiencies uh, that they might produce and the ROI, you know, are we getting what was expected uh, by the stakeholders? I think many disruptive technologies can have some ambitious assumptions in the early stages, and usually a short proof-of-concept project can allow those assumptions, uh, assumptions to be really be tested and evaluated uh, before making a major commitment. You know, the governance side, I, I think this is really um, a hot-button uh, issue for governance. So, so that governance model uh, can be a pretty complex picture. The uh, ISACA, uh, the Information Systems Audit and Control Association, that's a worldwide association of security professionals, they conducted a, a survey uh, last year of about 2,000 members and in the survey, they found unanimous agreement that the that IoT really poses a government governance problem for their networks and increased security threats uh, were most often cited. And and the governance issues uh, that were raised by IoT adoption, uh, there was a serious concern about risks posed by um, all of these you know IP enabled devices that are starting to connect into their corporate networks. And they, they also polled uh, 4,000 consumers worldwide, and they found that IT professionals were actually less confident than the consumers in, uh, about the benefits of IoT for enterprises. And uh, only 4 in 10 agreed uh, that the benefits of IT adoption uh, actually outweighed the risks. Uh, uh, while half of the ISACA members polled so the IT professionals felt that the benefits of IoT to consumers outweighed the risk. So only a quarter of the, the IT pros uh, surveyed felt that the risks of IoT um, outweighed benefits uh, for enterprises, and, and then about a third uh, felt that the risk uh, outweighed benefits for consumers. So we see the, the ISACA survey really identified the, uh, the areas of greatest concern um, around security threats and, and attacks aimed at these new uh, Internet-connected endpoints. And then the data, data privacy risks, 75% uh, of those members uh, surveyed also listed uh, their, their top, you know, their issues um, at the top of their governance concern uh, and, and I, they also had concerns with things like access management challenges and, and compliance. Uh, so um, as we looked at uh, uh, things here, we want to make sure that um, the, the governance model really needs to address data privacy, uh, security threats, identity management, compliance requirements, and really ownership of the technology and data. So who, who, owns, the, uh, who owns the datas? And uh, making sure that the, the business is accountable for their side and, and, and making sure that uh, <clears throat> you know, technology teams are accountable, uh, accountable for their side of the equation. So I, I think the uh, picture is just a, a little more complex with IoT than, than a standard uh, business technology solution out there. And if you were to look at what all of the organizations have been trying to do so far, what has worked versus not, 
would you say there is a playbook that someone can develop or since you've been going through it at least you've not gone all the way yet but but whatever you've done do you think you can envision a playbook which you can offer to the listeners yeah i i think you know looking uh looking at what some of the early adopters have done and uh you know looking at what we've done here i think it and the business really you know need to partner closely for the projects uh at the beginning it's it's important uh to do due diligence and make sure that uh there's really a solid business case uh for the solution and like any new technology uh there's a lot of hype out there and and uh sales people might be pushing vapor where to the business executives uh well IT departments can get the job of uh, really doing the reality check on the capabilities being marketed. I, I think the other big thing is uh, revisiting policies and procedures. So these disruptive technologies can usually do a real number on the, the policies and procedures. And uh, we, we see organizations uh, not, not getting to that soon enough. And uh, as, they, as they implement these technologies, uh, issues might arise or auditors will come in and, you know, find gaps because they just didn't move quickly enough in uh, in, in adapting their their business processes and procedures to the uh, to the new solutions, and uh, you know, making sure the business is prepared for the impact of disruptive technology. Uh, depending on your business model, you might find that IoT is actually changing your revenue or customer model. If you don't change quickly enough, uh, you can find yourself slipping into, you know, from a market leader uh, down to irrelevance in a really short amount of time. Uh, you know, you look at the impact of things like Uber on the taxi industry or Airbnb on the hosp- uh, hospitality industry. Now, you know, those, uh, those examples uh, um, are real quick uh, uh, impacts on the industry. And then and you can look at examples of even slow lever- revolutions out there, like the, the change from CD to MP3 way back, uh, where the uh, recording industry could see it coming, uh, but they dragged their feet because they couldn't uh, let go of a high-profit model, even though really it was evident that consumers had moved on to MP3 format. So we, you know, we see it wasn't until Napster came along and had a huge impact on revenues uh, before the industry decided to slowly begin adopting their business models to the MP3 format. And then they got hit with a second blow when Apple came along with iTunes. And and the music industry was not only forced to adapt a a new format of delivering their product, uh, but now they uh, had a completely new sales channel than they did before. So I think these disruptive technologies, uh, businesses really need to uh, to be thinking hard about the uh, the, the the short and long term impacts, uh, and and uh, really uh, a key is change management. We see uh, you know innovators use change to their advantage and as a competitive edge uh, in organizations that uh, you know stand on the sidelines paralyzed with fear might find themselves too far behind their competition uh, to stay competitive. And organizations really need to separate that hype uh, from reality and find the value of IoT. And once a decision is made for some sort of adoption, I think it's important to generate excitement, energize the organization, uh, meet the challenge, and then celebrate those successes. Uh, so change management, I, I think, will will be a, play a huge role in the success of IoT projects. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Jonathan. You 
provided tremendous insights and, of course, your firsthand experience dealing with IoT, how you bringing into your own city and how the others can do effectively. Thank you so much again for your contribution. Uh, thank, thank you, Sanjog. Great talking with you. Thank you so much again. And listeners, hope you enjoyed, got some nuggets out of it. Uh, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel.